The following program is brought to you by the Tennessee Broadband Association. Lead Tennessee Radio, conversations with the leaders moving our state forward. We look at the issues shaping Tennessee's future, rural development, public policy, broadband, health care, and other topics impacting our communities. And now, here's your host of Lead Tennessee Radio, Lavoie Knowles. Hello, I'm Lavoie Knowles, the Executive Director of the Tennessee Broadband Association. This special episode of Lead Tennessee Radio is being recorded as our state and nation respond to the global pandemic. For our first several episodes, we interview the leaders of the Tennessee House and Senate. But today, we're shifting our focus to those men and women who are leading the efforts to extend broadband to the unserved areas of our state. Our member companies are on the front lines of connecting the unconnected, and their CEOs are leaders not only in their companies, but also in their communities and in the broadband industry at large. Today, we continue the series of Lead Tennessee Radio with Mark Patterson. Mark is the CEO of Highland Telephone Cooperative, or HTC. HTC serves customers in Morgan and Scott counties in Tennessee, along with Macquarie County in Kentucky. Welcome to the podcast, Mark. Thank you, little boy. I appreciate the opportunity to be be on here with you today. Absolutely. Let's begin by talking about how your operation has been impacted by the pandemic. What kind of adjustments have you had to make to continue serving your customers in a timely fashion? Well, you know, we're like all the other companies. It it came on us very quickly. Uh, States uh, put out rules and regulations, and we had to respond to them almost overnight. So uh, we we ended up, we closed our lobbies to the public. Uh, We dispersed our workforce. We have uh, most of our CSRs and our customer service personnel are working from home. Our service techs are uh, no longer reporting to central locations. They are being dispatched remotely. So when they they take their vehicle home with them at night, when they start work at eight in the morning, they use an iPad to pick up their orders and they're dispatched through the day over their iPads, uh, giving them you know additional orders and things to do and stuff. Construction crews, we've dispersed them in locations so that uh, that we have two separate crews so that they're not uh, around each other in case we did have an outbreak and had to quarantine one crew, we'd still have another crew left available. So so we've done that. Uh, the customers seem to have adapted very, very well. Uh, we have several different bill offering, different ways to pay your bill. We have kept our drive-thrus open and our people. We, we've uh, kept two people in each location with the drive-thrus. Uh, we've provided them with, uh, you know, with masks and gloves. Uh, they, you know, we've had a good turnout of, of customers paying that way. We've seen tremendous increases of people that pay using online bill pay or pay by phone. So we, we've actually seen, you know, people adapt to different ways to, to pay their bills and, and to do stuff. And, and, you know, we've really not seen any drop in productivity. We have seen some uh, some interesting things. We saw about uh, a year's worth of bandwidth usage growth in three weeks. Uh, luckily, we had had been planning uh, right after the first year and had already started and increased our our 
uh, bandwidth to the, to the cloud. So we had the capability of handling it. But we have seen tremendous increases. And, and we've seen quite a bit of demand for orders. We've seen probably we've been doing somewhere between 150 and 200 new installs a month of people wanting broadband. So it's, you know, it's, it's been a challenging time, but it's been a rewarding time. Well, that's great. You really adapted to the new environment and you've actually used your 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 broadband product as a way to make it more efficient for your for your uh, your folks. Definitely. RCSRs, uh, we used a uh, hosted PBX system off our central office. They literally unplugged their phone, took it home and plugged it into the router and their phone followed them home so they could take their phone calls. They could do all their stuff. Uh, a lot of the employees that didn't have uh, that, that were working off a desktop unit, we supplied them with iPads and they were able to do all their work off an iPad. So, yeah, we, you know, the broadband, the, the, the having our employees having broadband in their home was, was very helpful to the situation. That's fantastic. And so it's, it's, it's uh, very commendable that of how you converted your workforce uh, from basically a remote workforce and just to, matter of days actually and yeah. um so congratulations to uh, to highland and all your folks that uh, are are members there and and also uh, to you and your board's progressiveness and and having enough bandwidth to to uh, increase a, a year's worth of bandwidth in in two three weeks that's phenomenal yeah it's amazing growth that we've seen and you know it used to be that your your peak times were at night now we're seeing you know we we start ramping up at 8.30 in the morning instead of 8.30 at night. And uh, the, the the demand stays pretty high all day long and, and actually gets a little higher in the evening. So, you know, we've seen, uh, we've seen the public adapt to the ability to stay home and use broadband for work at home, for entertainment purposes, for education. Uh, a lot of the schools in our area uh, were still sending, you know, uh, packets out to uh, online packets and things out for students to to do work to you know to stay current current and things along that line. So, well, that, that just proves the point that uh, we've what we've been saying for for several years now that uh, broadband can be used to uh, actually work from home, uh, do doctor appointments from home, uh, several things that uh, no one even thought about maybe five or 10 years ago. And that, that proves the very fact. Yes, it definitely does. Especially telehealth. Uh, we've seen several uh, instances. I've heard, I've had people and customers tell us that, that you know, they used uh, broadband to, uh, to, to just do a quick follow-up to get a prescription refill or something like that, where they were required to at least see the doctor and talk to them. They did it online. They were able to, you know, to do that and get the prescription refill without being, without having to go to the office or anything. So it's, it's it's been amazing. That's great. Uh, changing directions a little bit. This has been a particularly active, uh, severe weather season. Uh, how has this impacted your service area this, this this spring? We've we've had some impact, not as much as some of the other companies. Uh, we we've been spared. Uh, I know some of the companies to the west of us have experienced a lot of tornadoes and stuff. Uh, we had a tornado in our. Uh, the county we serve in Kentucky that did quite a bit of damage, but luckily we were uh, we were able to be back up within you know one day. But it, by the it happened one evening by the you know by the, 
late the next evening, we, we were, you know, we were back up. I had most of the services back on. Uh, you know, we had some areas that, that were without power for a couple of days. So we couldn't get those customers back on to the power came back up. But, but, uh, uh, we were blessed in that we were not, uh, didn't experience some of the, the severe weather, some of the area, other areas have. So it's, you know, it, it has been a very stormy and, and, spring this year and there's been a lot of things a lot of issues that's went on so but well like i say we have we survived through most of it well that's great and good luck on your uh rest of spring season in the summer hopefully uh, i know uh, uh from past experience that the most uh, troublesome times for a, uh, a telecom company is either ice storms or either wind and tornadoes so it, it's it, it's very difficult to respond but that's what you do you respond yeah. quickly and get it re- repaired quickly, and that's part of your work ethic. Yes, it definitely is, and we were lucky in that you know we were able to repair our own stuff. Didn't have enough damage that we had to bring outside contractors in, so we we we've been lucky on that. Good. Okay, let's talk a little bit about your fiber program. I know you're you have been very very fortunate in that you and your board were again progressive enough to. Uh, participate in a federal program a few years ago that actually allowed you to uh, become one, become the first member of the Tennessee Broadband Association to be 100% fiber to the home. You'll tell us a little bit about that program and how you progressed then, and and maybe changes since that time. Yeah, we were we we were lucky in that uh, we were a recipient of a grant through the American Recovery Act. Uh, in 2010 and we started construction uh on a five-year project and we replaced every bit of our outside plant with fiber so we have no copper left in service uh we went from our old uh legacy switches and replaced those with the with new uh uh with new ip switches uh meta switches so we have uh to provide you know the latest services and stuff so Every every customer we serve is served fiber to the premise. We have we have no copper left in service, so that's been a great deal, and that's been one of the great things is that you know we're a hundred percent gigabit service to we serve sixteen thousand over sixteen thousand five hundred customers in a three county plus area, and every one of those has the option to take up to gigabit service if they want it, and we're seeing more and more people move up to gigabit service because of the demand band that's being pushed through for as just like this for work at home but uh, also for online education uh, we're a fairly rural area and a lot of the community colleges and stuff offer uh, online courses and stuff so a lot of people have been doing that uh, we have seen that as we talked about earlier an uptick in tele- telehealth and different things like that uh, we also see you know for the entertainment purposes and stuff businesses uh, you know, a business located in rug, rugby, Tennessee, a, a bed and breakfast now that, you know, had no way of really getting their, their name out in front of the public. Now, you know, they have an online presence with a site, you know, a website and, and you know, everybody knows where they're at. So we've seen a lot of, a lot of use of the fiber. Uh, the customers have been very receptive of it. Uh, and I, I think we, we were, like I say, we were, very blessed to be able to participate in that program and and to be you know the first phone company in the state of tennessee that's 100 percent fiber to every 
customer. And that, that's been a great thing. We've been, you know, we've been lucky. We've awarded a couple of other grants and we're kind of moving in some, some edge areas around us that were underserved or unserved. And we plan on bringing those up and being able, you know, within the next year or so of providing gigabit service into some of those areas too. So it's, it's been a good thing. Uh, we've been working now. Our focus has been redundancy in the network in the last couple of years, building a more robust network. As we talked about earlier, we saw a year's worth of bandwidth growth in three weeks and we were able to adapt and, and handle that because we had been preparing uh, and, uh, you know, adding on, new servers, uh, new routers to the core, new edge routers that had more capacity. So our, our plan right now is not to just stop because we're fiber to the home. Our plan is to keep reinvesting in the network, to make it more robust, more, more redundant, and, and just, you know, more dependable for the services that we provide to our members. Well, that's great because um, even, even today, I know you, you uh, completed yours four or five years ago, but even today, Few co- few companies can say they're a hundred percent fiber to the home. That's a huge accomplishment. And again, congratulations on uh, on that move and that completion of that project. And I, and I think you. that you're going to see uh, you're going to be four or five years ahead of what others are going to see. Uh, how it affects your economic development, how it affects your take rates, and I, I think that um, other companies could uh, could use use a guide as far as what they could expect after the fact. Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, we we try to do that. You know, the co-ops here in Tennessee, we try to work with each other and you know, kind of help each other along. So I, I think that's one of the things that we've done is is that the group, everybody is so committed to put providing broadband to their members out into the rural areas that we serve, and I think we kind of all build and feed off each other with the information we're able to provide to each other. Yeah, uh, and speaking of partnerships, I know uh, that uh, Holland is is involved with some very exciting partnership projects. Um, could you talk about some of those and why you think partnerships are the key to extending broadband to more Tennesseans? Yeah, I mean, the, the co-ops in Tennessee have, have been partners on several projects for a number of years. 20-plus years ago, we, we developed uh, Iris Networks, which is a statewide fiber network that that, connect, that brought connect, broadband connectivity out into the rural areas that allowed us to, you know, to connect back to the cloud at an economical route. And that was one of the original reasons for that. We're, we've been involved with another partnership called Trilight. Trilight is a, uh, a group of telephone cooperatives working in conjunction with electrical cooperatives to provide uh, broadband services to the underserved area, unserved and underserved areas of electrical co-ops in the rural areas of Tennessee. And we've seen some great things going on. We've actually got a project going with uh, Appalachian Electric Co-op in Newmarket in Jefferson County. Uh, we They've been constructing fiber, and we've been providing services over that. We've got uh, – already have got close to 300 customers turned up, and, and they've, been only, they've only been doing construction less than a year. So, I mean, we're moving along quite a bit. And we're hoping to work with some other – electricals uh, across the state and provide services, you know, as a partnership. And I think it, it's a win-win for both groups when we can do that. It gets the, the services that are needed 
in the areas they serve where, you know, it's, it, it, broadband's not available. It don't look like it's going to be available for a long, long time. And the electric co-ops have a, have a pole line network already in place. So, it, you know, they build the fiber. It, it helps them with their smart grids and stuff. And then we lease some of it to provide services to, uh, to uh, customers, broadband. Well, partnerships are, are, are great and they're needed very much so. And uh, I think the um, Tennessee Accessibility um, Broadband Accessibility Act was has actually promoted uh, partnerships a great deal. And uh, you've actually taken it to the next level. And I would say that uh, IRIS was one of the form- foremost uh, and first major projects of uh, partnerships across the uh, state of Tennessee. And as a side note, um, Mark, you were the first uh, general manager uh, of IRIS, and you were taking that function on on top of your other normal duties. So again, uh, thanks for your um, for your foresight and your uh, your 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 ability to see how partnerships work uh, across the state. Thank you, Lloyd. Uh, I'd like to circle back to the crisis we find ourselves in, both as a state and a nation. It's actually a multifaceted crisis. Uh, it's a healthcare crisis first and foremost, but it's also an education crisis, a jobs crisis, and a financial crisis, unlike anything we've ever seen in our in our lifetime. What does that do to the urgency that we have to connect all Tennesseans to a reliable broadband network? In your view, Mark? Well, as as we circle back and we talk about how we were able to disperse our workforce so quickly out into the, you know, to homes and really not lose any productivity at all. We've, we've got other businesses in our area that, that used, you know, the, the hosted services that we provide and we're able to do the exact same thing, disperse their workforce to homes and let them work from home. And I think that's, a, that's a very important thing that, that you see that we need for the urgency uh, to connect all of Tennessee uh, broadband carriers education we've heard it from the schools that you know they had to just almost overnight send classes home and and try to do education online uh we were lucky as you said most of our area most of our you know we most people in our area had broadband to them and they were the kids were able to do what they wanted to do uh we've heard the horror stories of people having to drive you know, five or ten miles to find some place that's a hot spot so that their their kids could do homework and stuff like that. Uh, you know, it, it's time that we invest as a as a state and a nation that we invest into a network that's going to provide the services that 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 are going to be demanded in the twenty first century. I mean, people are expecting. You've got as we talk about telehealth. You've got the you know. You've got geo farming where, you know, equipment runs in the field by itself and it, it's directed by, by broadband, you know, connectivity. We have seen tremendous growth in economic opportunity. It used to be that if a, if a, if a prospective manufacturer or employer came into the area, they, they ask about waste, they ask about water, wastewater, electrical. Now, one of the things I ask about is broadband. Can I, you know, can I get broadband into my plants? Can I get gigabit service? Can I get a 10 gig circuit into my, into my office, you know, into my facility if I need it? So it, it, it's not a wish thing anymore. It's a necessity. And I think this crisis has proved that, that, 
what a necessity it was as, as people were forced to move out of their comfort zones and move into work environments at home and, and educational environments at home that uh, if you don't have broadband, you can't, you can't participate in. Great answers. I totally agree with everything you've said, and it's, it just shows you the importance and it shows you the pro- progress that members of the Tennessee Broadband Association are making across the state to help consumers um, be more mobile and be able to uh, participate in activities as though they would be uh, just as much as they would be if they were located downtown in a metropolitan area. And Thank you for your comments, Mark. I appreciate uh, them very much. So, again, thank you. My um, guest today has been Mark Patterson, the CEO of Highland Telephone Cooperative, and you've been listening to Lead Tennessee Radio, produced by the Tennessee Broadband Association, cooperative and independent companies connecting our state's rural communities and beyond with world-class broadband. Thank you for listening.